Hi everyone, I'm Libby Campbell and welcome to TIC, Teachers Inspiring and Collaborating Knowledge. Are you looking for some new teaching ideas? Are you looking for some inspiration with what you do in the classroom now? Is something not working for you and you're just willing to try something new? Then this podcast is for you. Each week, I get to talk with everyday people about ideas and practices, tips and tricks that have worked for them. And then I get to share these with you while you're on the go. Enjoy. In this episode, we listen to Eamon, a principal at his school. Eamon was interviewed by the local newspaper in his area due to the different approach the school was taking to remote learning compared to other schools in the region. It was so refreshing that there was a strong emphasis during lockdown at Eamon's school on mental health and well-being of not only students but parents as well. Because COVID didn't impact just a small group of people, it impacted everyone. At Eamon's school, they capped their online lessons at a maximum of two hours for the primary students and three hours for the high school kids. The rest of the day, they did activities that revolved around family life like gardening, cooking, dressing up, and pet-centred activities. We agreed during our conversation how replicating school at home was not only challenging, but just not viable, and that these were indeed unique times that needed unique approaches. Well, Eamon, lovely to catch up with you. It's been a long, long time, and um, it's so good to see you again. Welcome. Thanks, Lib. Nice to, nice to hear your voice after, it is a long time, 20 It has. We'll stop coming after 20 years, hey? Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. You don't talk about anything more than that. (laughs) Well, Eamon, I want to talk to you today about learning from home um, during COVID, during lockdown, and your school made the local paper, which which got my attention, so I'm really excited to be talking to you about that. But first, just tell us a bit about you first. What's, What's your background? Well, I um, I'm excited and sad at the same time to say this is about 37 years in Catholic education for me. So a variety of schools from rural New South Wales to uh, um, big ACT schools, um, 11 years at Morris College, a boys' school in Canberra, and now this is my second year at, as principal at Macaulay in Tumor. So we're a K-10 to school of about 340 um, boys and girls, and I love... Um, I love the opportunity that a, a K to ten school brings in, in terms of um, having kids for the majority of their education journeys. A really exciting thing to be part of and to uh, maximise those opportunities. Um, it's my dream, I suppose, in a central school that um, we can use the specialists in a in a high school, and we could we could have um, you know, God forbid, a, a boy or girl who's good at maths in year five joining a high school class and really enriching them in those ways. So there's lots of opportunities I look forward to to building building here in Tumor. Fantastic. And can I ask, where did you do your training? Uh, I'm a I'm a ACU Signadu in, in uh, our time, ACU uh, graduate from many years ago. And I um I then later on did a master's in education IT, which of course um, the pace of IT of course is uh, it's uh, it outdated itself pretty fast. But yeah, of I'm a proud graduate of Signadu, as it was in those days. Good on you. So, Eamon, let's get into the crux now of our conversation. During the lockdown, what was your school doing with home learning? 
So we decided we probably learnt really quickly in the first lockdown um, last year that teachers were trying to get kids to do too much, um, uh, particularly our, our infants and primary people through, you know, uh, not knowing and not understanding, I guess, the difference in remote learning. They were trying to replicate uh, a school day at home and we learnt really quickly that that was putting pressure on kids, putting enormous pressure on parents who felt that they had to be like quasi-teachers um, uh, and it, it re just really wasn't successful. So we really pared back and we really, I think a good thing that we did was we took the time last year to really evaluate what we did when the lockdown ended and, and just kind of put things in place just in case we went into lockdown again. And of course, I suppose we all knew that it possibly would come again. And when it did come, it would come quickly as it did. And that we'd have those those things um, written in pencil for this time. So this time we had a real focus on being really clear um, with parents that uh, two hours of face-to-face -face in the infants in the primary was enough and three hours of face-to-face -face, uh, online, um, on screens, was enough for our seven to ten kids uh, in a kind of an hour-on, hour-off uh, model. I love that. Yeah. Um, it really, we really decided, and we our messaging, we worked really hard on, on social media and messaging to families that it's not school at home, that, yeah, there is a bit of schoolwork they can do, but let's really care for mental health. Let's really make this a time in history when, as a family, you know, we'll have memories of learning to cook something together or planting a garden or, you know, that, that, that there's enough pressure and um, anxiety in society without kids and parents feeling like they've got to finish schoolwork, you know. So yes. we really focus really carefully on that and it was really successful. Like it really helped just take the pressure off. You know, so a big difference was the local high school and a number of secondary schools, uh, even in remote learning, were running six-period days. The kids were expected to be uh, online in their class, uh, marked off on the roll, um, complete a certain amount of work. You know, that was an enormous workload for the teachers as well. Yeah. And just enormous pressure to keep going and and having, like I keep saying, having like a school in your in your bedroom or your dining room table and... Look, we knew that just wasn't going to work. And like you said, you can't replicate school at home. And these are really unique situ um, conditions and it's a Absolutely. situation, Look, it's you know. A, it's untested, you know. And, mm. and you know, I think also we quickly realised a lot of parents were, were still having to do their own job. They weren't sitting beside their kids doing schoolwork. You know, we've got a lot of farming families who still needed to be out and about and, and doing their essential work. And it, it just wasn't fair to expect them to be a, a classroom teacher, a, an employee for their own place, a mum and a dad and a home teacher as well, you know. So even in our language, we were really careful not to talk about homeschooling or, uh, you know, that, that remote remote learning was different. It was remote learning. It's not school at home, you know, and that was our kind of yeah. our So what, um, when you were setting up for home learn or remote learning this second time round, yeah. was it still challenging though in setting it up? Oh look of course it was you know you, you're working with teachers who are very dedicated who want to cover the curriculum 
you're working with a whole range of um, IT abilities, um, teachers, parents and kids. You're working in a community that has a range of internet connections, um, capabilities, um, kids who have computers at home, some families who have one computer that three or four kids might share. And again, that was kind of part of our planning. You can't have all four kids online at the same time in four different lessons, you know, those sorts of, we just had to build, it was all about building flexibility in. So it was just about doing, well, I guess about doing as well as we could without over, over stressing it, understanding that, like, as you said, this, this is a really remarkable time in history and kids aren't going to look back and remember the fantastic maths lesson they did at the kitchen. That's right. <laughs> you know, in 20 years' time when they're boring their kids with these stories. But they're going to point and say, well, that, that, that's that tree that I planted with my dad when we couldn't go to school or, you know, mm. um, that's the recipe book I made with my nan or, you know, those sorts of things. We kind of really focused on on that. I loved in the um, when you were in the paper talking about, um, you know, doing – making costumes and gardening, like you said, yeah, and, yeah. and the cooking. So what uh, – that, that was all incorporated into – like they had the online learning. Yeah. This was a, a structured thing they also had to do. Yeah, so various teachers got, had so, sort of certain activities. Um, uh, we tried to build a bit of fun into it, you know, uh, some of our secondary teachers for their morning check-in, you know, marking attendance – um, would have bring your pet day, you know, bring your pet to roll call. Our year 10s ran a great competition where they chose various costumes or superheroes or themes. Um, yeah. And then um, certain teachers kind of had, you know, activity days. Uh, you know, you might have a, an activity on a, a wellbeing Wednesday, you might call it, you know, and today's the day you, you know, just get a little bit of schoolwork done and you cook something or you, you know, make biscuits or write a letter to people in the in the old people's home, you know, that um, just trying to bring in that whole range of activities um, yeah. that are life, you know, uh, that sit beside school. Yeah. And did you use Google Classroom? Yeah, we use Google Classroom um, through Teams as Teams is our umbrella, but um, mostly Google Classroom and a variety of things, but Google Classroom would have been our, our biggest platform that we use, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what's the feedback from parents been like? Look, parents have really enjoyed as much as they could. Um, parents, I think, really quickly liked the idea that we weren't putting too much pressure on them particularly. You know, yeah. um, a really great thing we got the teachers to do was a, was a phone call once a week. So every family got a phone call from, you know, their primary class teacher or their secondary role teacher um, once a week just to check in and really, um, you know, the, th the three Ws were to check on their well-being, um, check on the workload and to check on, you know, what, what we could be doing to support them. So... And that was with the parents, not yeah, the child. parents particularly loved that. Just a quick phone call from a teacher to say, hey, you're travelling, you know, everything all right. Um, you know, um, they could ask a question about the maths assignment or the English essay or the, the, the literacy activities in the primary or just kind of have a bit of a chat just to say, look, they're really missing their friends and they're a bit lonely and isolated or our internet connection's been terrible, you know, that sort of just that, um, that hearing another voice. I think parents loved that particularly. So you're talking briefly about what other schools have been doing, but do you know anything more about? Because how, how many schools in Tumut? 
Uh, there are, there are counting us, there are three primary schools and two high schools. And so what have they been doing? Is they Well, Chairman High ran, uh, from what I understand, they ran uh, a six-period day where the kids, the kids oh, logged yes. into each class, um, even just for a short time to check in. Um, the primary schools ran both, all three kind of different different models, but um, probably from what I'm hearing, um, uh, a lot more sort of um, expectation to be online or completing work. Where, you know, as as I keep saying, we we tried to be really flexible, recognizing that, you know, if you've got three kids at the kitchen table, they can't all be using the one computer, you know, exactly. so at mm. the same time, so. You know, we send home internet, um, internet Wi-Fi routers to a couple of families. We lent, um, you know, Chromebooks to, to other families who needed them just to help out a bit, you know. So, again, it was more than just being about being online. That was really our messaging all the time. Because I've been doing a lot of casual work and I go to um, small schools out of town as well as yeah. in Dubbo, and the difference in workload has just been amazing and the smaller yeah. town where i'm at yeah. they um because they have such an issue with internet as well yeah, exactly and so their workload was very minimum whereas here in dubbo they've got a lot of work to do in comparison so it's just interesting to see what other schools do so will you have altered reports uh we've decided basically to keep them pretty much the same um okay. catholic education let us kind of choose and our staff feel really you know look they can they've got enough evidence to write a still do a, a report and an interview yeah. so how long were you in lockdown for uh about five weeks in the end out here we came back a little bit early last term last week of last term um and look you know there was not nothing about being staged or the kids just came back parents were just thrilled to have them back and yeah, that's good. you know schools are all about people exactly yeah. And did you say, so did you have cases in Tumut? Uh, we've only ever had one, I think. Um, so, yeah, we've been very lucky, very lucky. Mm -hmm. People have been really compliant and really helpful. So Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. What else? You were mentioning earlier, um, you know, the kids are going to remember the tree they planted with their mum or their dads. What else do you think kids will remember about this about this time? Look, about I'm learning. I think, unfortunately, a lot of them are going to remember it at a time of disappointment. Um, you know, we've had two years in a row that our Year 10s haven't gone on their their Tasmania trip, which is the, the culmination of their time at Macaulay. Mm. Um, you know, two years in a row where our 9s and 10s haven't done their treks up into the, up into the hills or their camps or their um, trips to Canberra to the theatre. Um, so I think for some kids those rites of passage, you know, the graduation that was kind of a, a photo away from your peers. Sadly, I think that will linger for a while, um, a bit of a time of loss, you know, a time of being disconnected from friendships. Um, so I think there, there could be some negative kind of memories and that's, that's again why we were really deliberate about wellbeing and mental health and just trying all the time to paint an optimistic picture, you know, that, look, we'll get through it and we want to make it a, as 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 a happy time as as it can be. What do you think you will remember? Oh gosh, I'll remember most of all um, the the incredible hard work of teachers who turned their teaching method on its head, yeah. literally overnight. 
who I watched in staff rooms and around tables and computers um, help each other. All it took was for someone to say, how do I put this into a Google Classroom or what do I make this form or... And three people would say, here, I'll show you, or here's a copy of mine, or uh, teachers who probably worked too hard to make themselves available online, you know, who I know were answering emails at 8 o'clock at night, um, mm -hmm. just making sure that kids were okay and on track. Just that incredible energy of, of people just to make it work. Uh, that was just a, a great source of pride for me, you know, just to watch that, um, just watch people uncomplainingly just go okay this is happening tomorrow at five o'clock or whatever righto let's go uh, that'll be my biggest memory is just the, the incredible input from teachers hard work goodwill i don't have words for it well, yeah i think it's something we'll all always remember absolutely absolutely yeah. is there anything else you wanted to add no look just that you know um i, I think uh it's not going to end you know, I think that COVID's going to be something we'll have to get used to living with. Um, mm. I think these little lockdowns will come. And again, they'll come quickly and we'll get an email or a phone call to say you, you're you shutting down for a day or a week or whatever. <laughs> That's <And> right. <laughs> we just have to have, you know, our, our B plan ready. Uh, you know, as I keep saying to my teachers, have your laptop in your bag just in case you can't come to work tomorrow, you know. Yes, so, be prepared. Yeah, just be ready, yeah. Well, I mean, just to finish off um, in a fun way, I'm just going to do the yeah. what we call the fun, the fast finishes. So, yeah, whatever thanks. pops into your mind first. Yeah. Uh, what's your favourite subject to teach, and why? Um, I also I always loved teaching uh, English and literature. I, um, I love uh, I love the power of the written word. So that that's oh, nice. um, always been a favourite. Do yeah. you do much teaching there? No, I haven't got an official teaching load, but I do love to get into classes. Um, yeah. I especially love my time with the little E's and the infants and the, yeah. uh, you know, it's good. Um, secondary school's a bit different. They they still kind of uh, look you up and down when you arrive in their classroom. <laughs> <laughs> what are you here for? <laughs> I mean, it's not just the teachers. <laughs> but, yeah, it's good to get into class, yeah. What would you be if you weren't a teacher? Uh, look, I'd probably be a, a chef, I think. Um, Ooh. I do love to cook, so there's nice. something lovely, lovely about food and wine. Favourite dish? Oh, uh, I cook a pretty mean um, beef burgundy. I've got a, a nice French recipe. Oh, nice. Yeah. What is something you did today that went well? Uh, something I did today that went well, well. Uh, we've just had a, mass, a big building project open in the primary, so um, it's lovely to see our five, six classes move into brand-new learning spaces. So... I think that's gone really well and it's really nice to be over there and to see them so happy in these lovely, bright, new paint-smelling rooms, you know. Yeah. What makes you happy? Oh, gosh, coming to work makes me happy. My family makes me happy. Look, I'm just I'm, I'm a pretty happy guy, you know, simple kind of fellow. It's the first day of your holidays. What yeah. do you do? Um, I try and read a book. Okay. Um, that's my way of trying to unlock my school mind so... It's a, it's a bit of a holiday thing to get into a book that takes me away somewhere else. Yeah. Well, this next one might be linked to that answer. Yeah. One thing that helps you deal with stress. Uh, look, I like to read. I like to walk. I like to cook, as I said, um, sometimes mm -hmm. chopping up a pile of veggies and reading a recipe and making it happen is a, is a nice stress release. So that's good.
With a glass of red wine, of course. <laughs> that sounds like you. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about a time, personally or professionally, where you made a mistake but learned something very valuable. Uh, I was thinking about this when I read your list, and I think um, I think my biggest lesson in leadership particularly is thinking that you have to have all the answers all at once. And I learned from a lovely old Irish Maris brother that everything comes in good time. So I've practised over the years that, you know, that busy conversation in the hallway when someone asks you something and you go, oh, yeah, that's okay, and you keep walking and think, "Mm, actually, that's not okay. But there are times every now and then just to say, look, I'll get back to you or let me think about that or let me do some research and we'll, we'll find the answer. Uh, that's been my biggest learning, I think. You you yeah. can't always have an answer straight away. Good advice. Discernment is a good thing. And I think I think people sometimes might think that's being indecisive, but I think there's a there's more of a power to that in um giving the right answer at the right time. So true. What's your favorite book? Uh, my favorite book, well, mm, I've always loved Roald Dahl's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um mm-hmm. And over the years, I've got many classes who I've who've loved Paul Jennings stories. Yeah, probably, probably those. I love the power of one. I suppose Bryce Courtney is, yeah. I guess, a, a, a standout. It's one of my favourites too. Yeah. What are you grateful for? Oh gosh, I'm grateful for uh, good health. I'm grateful for uh, my family and for a job that I really like and enjoy. For great people to work with, those things make me grateful. Yeah. And what's a fun fact about you? Oh, gosh, a fun fact about me. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> a fun fact about me is that secretly I think I'd like to drive a combi and be a bit more of a hippie than I am. <laughs> there you go. I love that. One of these days I'll embrace my, my inner inner hippie. I really enjoyed talking with you yeah, this morning. Nice, nice to catch up, Luke. So yeah. Nice. And I know you're a very busy man, so I'll let you go. But um, we appreciate your time today. So thank you. Thank you. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. I hope you're able to get something valuable out of it like I did when I was talking to our guest. Just a quick note that ideas in today's episode are educated opinions of the guest. Always inform yourself and work out what best suits you and your lifestyle before trying other people's ideas. If you would like to know more, be a guest or contribute constructive feedback, visit our website at tickteaching.com. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Looking forward to doing it all again next week. And until next time, love your kids, love yourself, take care.